49ers fans. This is 49ers Fangirl. I am joined by SoCali Steph and 49ers Hub Steph. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Uh, thank you both for joining me today to talk about what has become of that team we love. <laughs> um, the 49ers, for anybody who hadn't quite gone to that part of it. Um so I think we're going to start by talking a little bit about Colin Kaepernick and what has happened to him um, and kind of what we've seen. I know personally I'm having a really hard time as a fan. Also, I'd like to apologize for my voice. I lost my voice, so please bear with me, everybody. Um, but I'm having a really hard time as a fan. I've been a fan of this team my entire life and good times and bad win or lose, like losing. It's not fun, but you can handle it. But what's concerning to me is a pattern of behavior that I'm seeing out of this organization. And we saw it last year with Jim Harbaugh and we're seeing it this year with Colin Kaepernick and I'm not defending his play on the field, but he did take us to the only Super Bowl we've been in in over 20 years and he had a couple really good seasons with the 49ers and I think you could even argue that last year wasn't terrible considering everything that went on um and they've just it it feels like he's been treated terribly and I get football's a business but there's a way to run a business and a way to treat people and leaking information and sending out lies it's just it's really awful and now he's going on injured reserve to have surgery on his non-throwing shoulder and so he's on injured reserve he's gone they'll probably train him like why do they need to continue sending out this information um true or not why do you need fox broadcasters talking about how the players are happy he's gone etc etc so i'm having a really hard time with that as a fan what do you think, girls? Well, I'll go. I hate it, and I, I'm i not surprised, though, because the 49ers never, for some reason, and I, and I really don't understand it completely, but the 49ers organization doesn't really talk to the local media. They're not even big on bloggers, and I, I get that. Um, but they do, or at least there are some people, and I'll, I'll totally, you know, put my neck out there. I know that the VP and president do talk to national media, and just because that's who they whatever identify with, for whatever reason, and they talk to the national media, specifically like PFT and, you know, all those, um, those people they talk to, but that's normally coming from Prague and that's he's very close to um, a few of those you know national media types and I, I'm not surprised I'm just disappointed well and I wonder if the local media and this could be completely off base it's just a theory I came up with but the local media I think spent so much time with the team and the players that I don't know if it would be, is it, if it would be as easy to kind of spin your story with people who are around all the time. Well, what I've heard is that it's because they've, well, Jed York apparently feels that he's been burned before by the local media. And I've heard little like rumors and stuff like that, but I don't really think it was a real burn. I just think that he was honest and they were honest and they reported 
the truth. And that isn't what they're, I mean, this is a football team that has their own 49ers.com, their own, they pay people to report what they want to be reported. This is very unusual. It's like a whole agenda that they want to push. And I'm okay with that. Like, I get that they want to make themselves look good, but it's, they don't like anybody that has anything negative to say. 49ers hub stuff. Um, to add on to that, I'm starting to feel like just hearing all these stories and leaks and stories about the people who are leaking these stories. Um, it's just so odd. It's starting to feel like the 49ers organization is being ran like a secret society. It's so, (laughs) it's so weird. And I don't, I don't really get the point of all the leaks. Like at this point, Cap is already benched. You know, the damage has been done. They've, they've done what they wanted to do. Um, to this point, so I I don't see why they need to keep um, pushing these stories down people's throats, and the people believe them um, because it's coming from national media. So I, I think fans like us, we know that you know this can't be right, or something's off about some of these stories. Whereas other people who aren't as close to um, what's going on here locally wouldn't really know so of course they're going to believe in it um so i i think i mean i guess that's what they they want people to believe their stories but i i think we as like 49er faithful i think we know better so i don't know it's just really odd to me and whatever their agenda is it's just weird they're like it's like they're on a power trip, and I just don't see the point of where they're trying to take this. It's a football team, for God's sakes. You know? It's... I don't know. Well, I'm just... A, okay, here's the thing. If they want to feel justified in their decision-making and feel like they're being somewhat competent, and it's so ridiculous that you can see through it. But this is what this is what like CEOs do for damage control and like they're running it like a total you know IT company in San Jose. This they're doing damage control because everyone's pissed. Sorry, I'm not sure if I can say that, but everyone's pissed. You go, girl. Say it. (laughs) But, okay, you know what I'm saying. Everyone's pissed. So they're trying to do damage control, and they can do that through their national media. But, okay, I know a few things about Cap. I'm not going to say that I know a lot about Cap, but I know he does not drink. I know Mm -hmm. that he is very religious. I know that he is very quiet he's shy in fact you could he i know that he takes every loss very like internally and he actually gets a little bit um reclusive but there's no way anybody in the world can tell me that he's a dick like you know what's been reported he's just not that way he's very quiet and shy and to himself but I can see why some people have thought that about him but th- to push that was complete ridiculous I mean it was just ridiculous and I think they're trying to justify their own actions because they're trying to do damage control not because it's true they're just trying to protect their own assets and that's basically what I think nothing more and 
I just to add on to that a little bit, what's even crazier about that to me is that I don't think Cap is a jerk by any means. I think Cap is actually a really good guy. But let's pretend for argument's sake he was. They wouldn't bench him for that reason. So to, like, send out this narrative that we're benching him for that, they wouldn't bench him for that. So it's it's just so ridiculous. It, it just it really, really frustrates me. Um as a fan. And um, it's just, it's very, very unfortunate. Um, and it's upsetting as a fan. And it, it makes me just, I mean, I'm not going to stop being a fan. I've been a fan this long, but it certainly, it just really makes it hard. And it, it makes me feel different on game day, which I don't quite know how to describe that. But I obviously always want them to win, but I feel like my emotional state is different than it once was. And again, I know we're talking about football. So in terms of my emotional state in the football world, not like in life. <laughs> I, think, I think all of us like want to feel like we're connected to the team. You know, mm-hmm. that's just kind of what fandom is. And we want to feel like they're the good guys and they're, you know, fighting for something more important than, you know, something bigger than we are. And that's why we like sports. This is why we want to feel a part of something. But I feel less and less wanting to feel a part of that, you know, because of the conduct. And I don't, I'm not going to say I'm never going to be a team, but I, you know, part, like, I can't root for any other team in the NFL, period. But... I do feel a little disconnected from them, and I think it's sad, you know? Of course, if they start winning again, who knows? You know, maybe I can get behind that, but right now, I just don't know, and I think it's just the idea that they're not saying anything. They have no clear direction for the team. They say very little. It's all through leaks and rumors, and I don't know. It's just weird. It's like high school gossip. I mean, it, oh god, it really is. I mean, it really is. I feel, it is. It's embarrassing. It's like, it's like when they want to kick you out of the clique, then they're going to start spreading rumors about you and writing things on the bathroom wall. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. My mom has a theory that no one um, matures past junior high, and the 49ers is doing a really good job of proving that theory. <laughs> we'll see. But yes. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> We will see. Um, don't don't be sorry. I think we all feel that way, and I think you hit it on the head. We feel disconnected. Yes. I think that's really a good way to put it, and I think we all feel kind of emotional. And yes, it's football, but we love football, and it should be fun and our escape. And like, I want him to take. San Francisco off the team name. <laughs> you know, like that's how I feel about it because I feel like I, I was a San Francisco 49er fan because I, you know, this is where I'm from. This is where, this is who I identify with. And he's from Ohio or whatever. Like, and then they moved it out of San Francisco and, you know, I kind of justified it. Now, Looking at it, I just feel like it's like become this business mogul. It has nothing to do about the locale, you know, the residents, the people, the you know, the demographic. It's like a business, and it's weird. I, like I keep, I don't, I don't know how to identify with that. What do you think, Forty ers Hub Steph? 
I, I, I love, by the way, that I use that, that differentiation. I just think that's the way that Jed York operates in I, like I honestly think that's just him and he that's the direction he wants to go with the team which is again odd and because I mean yeah it's it is a business but it it is a team still so you know operating it like a Silicon Valley business doesn't really translate on the field you know it might translate to more money in his pocket and more success like as a franchise but not on the field and you need success on the field for money to keep coming back to the franchise if that makes any sense um that makes actually makes a lot of sense (laughs) so i i think that's where he's i don't think he realizes that you know i don't i really don't know I think he does. I think he totally thinks. I think he totally thinks he can win this way. He's just wrong. But I think he. Here am I. But okay, I think he totally like. I think he cares that the team wins. I mean, who? Obviously, anybody that has any kind of any kind of competitive spirit at all wants to win. And I do think Jed York wants to win. I don't think that he did this to, like, lose on purpose. No. Absolutely not. I just think that he completely wanted to win, and he thought that he was going to do it a certain way, and he trusted the wrong people. The uh, the thing is, I don't think he's he has stopped trusting these people. Like, I mean, right. That's true. Too. It's still going this way, and I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah, me neither. I, 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 I don't disagree with either of you. Um, actually, I think this would be kind of a good time to talk a little bit about an article so Callie Steph did last week um, on Parag mm-hmm. and how a lot of decisions are made. Yeah, um, well, I'll just comment, like, briefly on it. You know, I wrote about it, and I've known this information for some time. It's just kind of how I am. I know certain things, but I don't feel comfortable going forward with it. But I did have a source from, you know, Bain & Company uh, who used to work with Prague, who knew Prague, and who was there when Prague was there, and... It was eye-opening because I really saw that he he was not a football hire in the least bit. He was completely someone that was going to work on a salary cap. But, you know, and and to his credit, he has, you know, I think about him from a business standpoint, from him going from this, like, you know, just somebody that's been, you know, he went on the beach and then he was working from them for a short period of time. And then to get hired away from being, to come to the 49ers and then move all the way up to, you know, being the president, you know, is pretty spectacular in 10 years. He, and I don't think Prague is an idiot. Prague is very smart. Uh, he's, he's very smart. And I think he probably knows more about football analytics than most people. And I think he knows probably, I mean, if I venture to say it, he probably knows more about football analytics than anybody in the NFL right now. At the same time, he has not been able to bridge the gap between analytics 
and the football side. Because I, in my opinion, I think you need a, it's a balance and you need that, that balance. It's great to have all the numbers, but you need to know what you're doing with those numbers and where to go if those numbers aren't working. So, you know, that's my two cents on, you know, Prague. I don't think he's an idiot. But I do think that the 49ers are definitely going with analytics. They're, this is their direction, and they haven't said it, but I've said it. This is their direction. They're going with numbers. They want to go with – they don't really believe all of the key elements of the past football works anymore. It's completely going to be driven from above, and everybody's just worker bees in their business. And it's an interesting theory because I think that it – like, I'm not against analytics altogether. I think they're very useful in some ways, but I do think that you need to have the right people in charge to make it work. So I don't know what to think of it, but I do think that this is the direction they're going with. And given the fact that you're going to fire the winningest coach in football, you're going to hire somebody to just, you know, be the coach and really have no resume tells me that, you really believe in this system and you're willing to go all in on it. And that's fine. I just not, I'm not convinced it's going to work. Well, I'm not convinced either because the team is three and seven <laughs> and we're awful. <laughs> and, we're, and, and then, you know, it's one thing if they were three and seven, but like every week you could kind of point to something where you said, yeah, they're young, they're coming together, but we see improvement in this area and that area that does not happen. They are awful. They are a terrible football team. And I don't say that. I know everybody's working hard. I want to say everybody's doing the best they can, but when I watched yesterday's football game, I'm not sure that that is entirely true. And I'm also not even sure I blame them, but they are terrible. Yes. The amount of, well, we can turn to yesterday's game or um, we can turn to Sunday's game against the Seahawks. Seahawks of the Seahawks. We can turn to Sunday's game against the Seahawks. They're uh, all the same. They're all the same. Yeah, there's just one Seahawk. <laughs> if there was only one, we might be able to beat them, but I'm not even sure we could, frankly. Depends who the one would be. Um, but they're terrible. They, the amount of missed tackles yesterday was appalling. Um, it was appalling. I don't mean to call anyone out, but I must. Jimmy Ward gave up 91 yards by himself. Nice. By himself. <laughs> and and I'm not a person who thinks Jimmy Ward is terrible. I don't I don't have that opinion of him. I still think the jury's a little bit out, maybe. Though he did give up 91 yards yesterday by himself. <laughs> um, so maybe not. But the amount of missed tackles was un. It, it was just unbelievable. And they looked lifeless. That's really kind of what it is. It's almost, they looked to me while I was watching this game, like they just didn't care and they just wanted the game to be over. And I don't blame them. I also just wanted that game to be over. I tweeted at some point, is there a mercy rule? Like, can we just end this? Um, but, but it, and I wonder how much of that comes from, you know, what they see going on in the organization. I know some of it comes from losing. I mean, you're, you're two and six going into the game. I'm sorry. You're um, three and six going into the game. Three and six. I'm sorry. I hate, I'm so sorry to have taken away a win. They're three and six going into the game. Um, and I don't know. It just, 
it was I found it hard to watch in that way because they just looked completely lifeless. Yeah. I have no comment. Forty nine ers sub Steph. I need um, a, I need a I, Steph. I mean, I, I didn't think that the to start the game. I didn't think the offense did that bad. I think it was expected, you know, playing against the Seahawks for them to, you know, um, not do as well. So I, it didn't surprise me. What did surprise me was the defense because sometimes they'll have good weeks where, where they'll they'll have great tackling and they'll stop the run game. Um, the corners look good. I mean, this game was the entire opposite. And I don't know what it is about playing against the Seahawks that just always brings out the worst in this team, even when it has seemed like they're doing good. Um, it's just, I don't know what it is. And it was very embarrassing that Eric Reed even said he didn't even know who Thomas Rawls was before the game. Oh, yeah, that was really that's, funny. That's <laughs> like, ridiculous. Come on, that's Come on. It, like, if Lynch was even questionable to begin with, they should have prepared for Rawls. Um, I mean, yeah, I also thought it was embarrassing that they said they had only prepared for Lynch. And I mean, honestly, it shouldn't have made a difference. To allow over 200 yards and two touchdowns, that's pretty that's pretty Disconnected. Bad. They're disconnected. They're disconnected. Yeah. I think everyone, that seems that's going to be the theme here. Everyone is disconnected. Um, I will say that I thought Blaine Gabbert looked <laughs> fine. I mean, I thought he's okay to say that. Okay. <laughs> I know it's, you know, you know, you guys know how hard it is for me. Um, but he, he did, he looked, he looked good. I'm not saying he's the future of the team, but he did look decent. Um, he had a decent game. He really started to come alive late in the second quarter. And by then it was much too late, but you know what? You can see yeah, he, he was decent. But was you decent. know what? Because you say, like, he didn't come alive in the second quarter and it was too late. Like, yeah, it was. But at the same time, like, them punting on pretty much every fourth down, he didn't even really get the chance to continue drives. You know, I think they could have tried to go for it on a few of those, especially when – they were down by so much in the fourth quarter. Like, why not, you know? Well, this coaching staff seems to coach to mitigate the damage as opposed to trying to win. And I I don't, like, what's the difference if you lose 42 to 16 or if you lose 29 to 16? At least try. But I think that's, that's to me, why the team looked kind of lifeless and disconnected and dispassionate because – that seems to be the coaches. There seems to be this idea of coaching to save their jobs. Apparently, it's better to lose by less. But if I were in charge, which clearly I am not, but if I were in charge, I would rather see you try and lose by 27 points than just keep punting on 14. I just don't understand. I, I don't understand. Yeah, and, and I'm sure the players would have rather just gone for it too because like that gives them a feeling of oh yeah like you like me as a player or me if I was a player and the coach said we're going for it oh like the coaches believe in us to get this done let's do it you know it, it pumps players up and I mean I I get we're playing Seattle 
I get that it would have been tough, but still, I mean, why not just go for it? You got nothing to lose. I mean, it's the fourth quarter and you're down by 16 points. Go for did it. You, did you guys see Thomas Lowe's press answer to that question? He said that, yeah, we're down two scores. So I was thinking, I don't want to go for it on the fourth because I don't want to be down by three scores. So I'm God. <laughs> That's what he said. That is what he said. And then he said, so we wanted to punt it, use the two timeouts, two, two timeouts, because we didn't want it to be a three-possession game. So we wanted to punt it, use the two timeouts, have the two-minute drill, and then onside kick to try to win the game. Because that makes so much more sense than yeah. trying to go for it on at least one of the fourth downs. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even have an answer for that. Like, I was like, okay. Oh, my God. That logic. And he said he had absolutely no regrets. Yeah, that's... He still was saying that today. (laughs) Yeah, he did say that today. I I don't... I don't... uh, I just... I'm not a coach. I don't even pretend, but I'm like, this is what we have. So... This is what we have. And it and that even that answer sounds like it was coached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me it sounds like okay, so when they ask you why you didn't go for a fourth down. Yeah. Um because, you know, everybody was Twitter was a buzz and everybody was talking about it and you know someone's looking at all that. Um and so I, I mean I could be wrong. At this point I think I'm so distrusting. <laughs> Right. That I just assume everything is like a leak or a coach or, you know, your answers are being coached. So, you know, that's that's probably a little bit on me and my current distrust of the organization. Um, but it's just, it just, you know, what's really hard as a fan. I think the hardest thing as a fan is that we obviously can't do anything about the game. We're not playing in the game. We're not coaching in the game. We don't make the transactions. But you want to feel like, they're doing everything. You don't want to feel like you care more than they do. And I don't necessarily think we do, but sometimes it feels that way. But it's back to what you said at the beginning. So Callie, Steph, disconnected. Yeah. We just all feel disconnected. <sighs> this is the most depressing <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> it really is, though. We've all laughed. So I feel like that's a good thing. Um, though someone on Twitter yesterday told me I was Debbie Downer, so maybe I'm just, yeah, that's what she said. She said, you're Debbie Downer, 49ers fan. So we're supposed to pretend, yeah, go 49ers, we're going to win the Super Bowl. I was confused. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I don't live in a dream world, you know, like, I can't, (laughs) they're so bad. Yeah. You can't you can't please everyone. There's No you can't. <laughs> we so we get people bad. like that too. You just but they are they're so bad and it's just there's been no change to their badness. There's been no upward But what change. frustrates me though and I don't think it's because of talent. I mean we have a lot of talented people and young talent on the fighting ers and I think that's What's frustrating, I just feel like they're being led to lose. And there's no, I don't know, there's no life anymore. And I think that's what was frustrating for me to find out about the whole analytics part is that I don't, 
I don't doubt any of the analytical science behind all that stuff, but like they, you know, Proc has never felt chemistry between players and he's never felt that we're going to do this. We're going to turn it around right now. And so much of football is your heart and so much of football in those last minutes that win games that you can't explain Mm -hmm. is that fire. And while I respect analytics, because I use it in my own job, you know, and I understand it and I, I can do it very well. It has nothing to do with sports in that same way. It's like great information to take in, but it's not that fire, that life that really makes players go. And I think they lost it when they gave up Jim Harbaugh and his stuff because that fire was there. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Jim Harbaugh, but man, even on the side of the, you know, his sideline antics or whatever, criticism or not, fire. You know, his belief in that team was there. He had their backs 100%, and they lost all of that. It's gone. It is gone. 49ers hub stuff? Um, Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. And I mean, not to say that Tom Sillard doesn't believe in the team. I mean, obviously, I think he does really care about the team. But, yeah, I think some fire is obviously missing um, and again, going back to disconnected, everyone is just disconnected. Um, you know, these days when I watch the team, I'm, I feel like I'm truly just rooting for the team with the players. And I, I hope that they'll overcome the organization, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I feel like the players are against the... Ew, really? The, <laughs> no, like, I... <laughs> Maybe I'm not wording that right. Like, I I feel like uh, because, I mean, not that the organization is trying to bring the pl- players down, obviously, but obviously there's a lot of lot to overcome um, that I think the organization has created for itself. So, in a way, I feel like the like I'm rooting for the players to do well and them to win, even when the organization has made it difficult for – you know, whatever reason, and if that makes any sense. <laughs> so you would rather have the like the players go elsewhere if it no, no, no. A better career or like because they're not gonna have a good career here. Yeah, uh, I know <laughs> it had, that that really sucks. But for Kaepernick, at least I could say that. Yeah, I I hope he. I do too. Go somewhere else, and I hope he kicks ass. Yeah, me too. No, I I hope the same thing. I mean, obviously, I would have loved for him to stay a 49er, but I hope he goes somewhere and just, like, kills it. He will. Alex Smith, because when he went to the Chiefs, he's done pretty well. Um, Harbaugh, obviously, um, kicking butt in Michigan. And I think Kaepernick's going to do just the same wherever he goes. And I'll, I'll be so happy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree. Me too, definitely. Um, so I guess, ladies, the beat goes on. Yeah. And we bleed gold and see how this turns out. And there's still a very naive part of me that thinks at the end of the season, they're going to say, okay, we messed up. We made a mistake. We're going to make some real changes. 
and that probably is not going to happen. But if I don't hope it's going to happen, <laughs> then what am I doing here? <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Yes. Tracy, yes. here's my question. Do you think after the end of this, you know, the whole experiment, that they're going to ever get rid of Tom Slut? Do you think he's next? Because God's gone. Who's next? I think if they go winless the rest of the year, or even if they finish finish four and twelve, I think that, oh, I think geez. I think they get rid of Kamsula. And and I I hate to tell you that I think that that is a possibility, um, but I think if they put together a few wins, they might convince themselves they got to give him another year. I mean, I do think in fairness, it is hard to give a to judge a coach on one year. Yeah, but. What I keep, I know I keep saying this, it's the lack of improvement from week to week. That's what, that's to me, what is like the most disconcerting and how unprepared they look every week. It's not just that they're losing, they look unprepared for opponents. I mean, that Monday night game against Minnesota, I don't, that game must have happened in an alternate universe because (laughs) I don't understand how that is like at all the same team. So, but that is my feeling on that. I think if they go winless, I still don't even know how they won that game. I have no well, idea. They had all off season to prepare for it. Maybe they just needed <laughs> all that time. Maybe that's what it is. They that's... need they need three months to prepare for every game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Nicely done, Forty ers Hub Steph. <laughs> um, but that that is my opinion. I think if he if they go winless or they win one more game, I think they have no choice but to fire him um if and they continue to look as bad as they do if they if games start getting close um then they won't but uh, that would be my opinion on that does anyone else have an opinion or did you just did you just want mine <laughs> well, 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 go ahead. you can answer too if you i mean uh, no to. i i totally agree i mean i didn't see the report which i don't know if it's true but um i did see that if Tom Silla and the team were to pretty much nosedive and fail for the rest of the year, then, yeah, his job would be in jeopardy. But otherwise... Well, isn't that what... Isn't that what Jed York said? He said he wanted a coach, you know, a teacher. He wanted a Super Bowl every year. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. But then apparently the newer report, again, not, I don't think directly from Jed York, but the report is as long as Tom Sula stays competitive in every game, yeah, which, which is what I think this enough for Harbaugh, but it's okay for Tom Sula. Sula. Yeah. So if he stays competitive, so that's why I think he doesn't go for on fourth down. He's okay, coaching. Okay. He's yeah. coaching to save his job. So if he can lose by 16 and not 30, that's staying competitive. But it like takes all the wind out of my sails thinking that he is being told what to do and making a decision to just please the execs who have never played a down of football in their life. Like it just takes everything out of me. Like I I'm fine with him considering it. And but is this what we have to look forward to? Well this, you know? This product? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> at least well, for the next, it's all we got. At least for the next few games, and something tells me it could be longer. But if he doesn't go, I bet that they make they make sweeping changes in the offensive coaching staff. 
Um, well, they have to. I mean, they have to. Um, but I mean, okay, Caps quarterback coach. He talked to radio last year, and I'm just like for the last several years. Win. You know what I mean with him and. Here we had a lot of options, and I think they just completely blew it because of their philosophy. And I'm scared. I'm scared to death. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna get better anytime soon. Like I feel we're gonna be like back in 2004. Wait, yeah, even worse probably. But. <laughs> You know, where we have just, like, no clue. But I felt at least before we had a chance. I don't even think, like, I went into this game thinking, we don't even have a chance here. It's for the first time in a long time have I felt that until this season. And really, if if you want me to really depress you even more, (laughs) just to really just just bring it home. Lay it on, Jason. In all reality, (laughs) we've had three good years. I know. That's it. For a long time. And like the last like. 1994 was great. That was a great year. I loved that year. (laughs) That was an amazing year. I loved that year. Everything about that year makes me smile. Right. And we had some good years after that. But I would say in the last, what, 14, 15, 13 years, there have been three good years. Well, yeah. Okay, fair. The. Three good years. So it's almost like those the years were an aberration. And it was a mean aberration. Because we got used to it again. I know. We hope. We had hope. We had was, hope. We were like right there. But we were right anyway. I mean, this is the most depressing podcast ever. It really was, but we really appreciate everybody listening to it. So go cry. Have a, have a drink. We're really hoping that next week's will be better because maybe they'll only lose to the Cardinals by 15 points. And so it, yeah, won't, seem, right. <laughs> it won't seem quite as bad. Um, well, it's come to this. It's come to this. It's where we're at. Does anybody have any parting thoughts they'd like to share with the people? You should go. You should go. Forty. Um, other stuff. Other stuff. Oh, um, n- no. I. I mean, I don't know. I. Again, I. I just want the season to to be over so we can look forward to whatever it is ahead of us, which. I don't even know if it will be better. I keep I keep saying it can't get any worse, but <laughs> it can. Yeah. Every time, you know, it just it does. <laughs> don't you worry, it can. <laughs> and now, it'll get bad. <laughs> get worse. Okay. Um, On that note. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> I know, although it was depressing, I think that we probably said a lot of things that you guys think as well please feel free to let us know your thoughts and we will talk to you next time bye everybody go for the niners go niners (laughs) (laughs) bye bye